attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hey, Anna. Hi. Oh, my gosh. You guys, this is this is history for Gen D. We're making Gen D podcast history right now. We are arm's length away I from each other right you. now. Guys, like no more Zoom for one for, for one, one episode. episode. <laughs> uh, I happen to be in LA, so I decided to crash Dana's evening and come over to her house. And here we are podcasting together in the same place at the same time and not staring at each other through a screen. It's nine thirty p.m. My daughter is asleep. Uh, we are <laughs> dangerously close to her bedroom, so we're a little worried about the noise, but. We're making it work, and this is so exciting. So, yeah, Adam found out last minute that he had to come down to L.A. for work, and he's here. So we're doing here. an episode. We, we've, got, we've got wine. We've got in the same room closeness. I know, and Adam, I told you I was bummed because we didn't have enough time, but I wanted us to have a Disney cocktail. I wanted to make a cocktail. <laughs> you know, I'm highly disappointed you do not go buy the $200 worth of ingredients to make jet juice. Uh, <laughs> and for that, I apologize. <laughs> Horrible host, guys. If you're in L.A., skip staying at Dana's house because she (laughs) can't be bothered to spend a lot of money to make a Disney cocktail. Instead, it's just wine. It's fine. And a wonderfully cooked dinner. I think the wine was $12, the bottle. All right. Hey, that's a good $12 bottle of wine. I know. I know. Trader Joe's? No. Okay, this is going to sound like an ad. It's this company called Bright Cellars, and it's one of those wine clubs. but, But you know what I do? They do like a damaged label order for really affordable. Um, so that's part of the damaged label order. So actually, I think there was only $10 a bottle. What? They send you 12 bottles. But here's the catch. They don't let you pick what you're going to get. That's... It's just the label might have like a little nick in the Yeah, I did. Something. When we lived in New York, I got sucked into one of those like wine of the month shipment mm-hmm. things. And after a while, they all started tasting the same. And then I was like, this is just and then I, I like went down my conspiracy corner where I was like, I think they're just putting the same wine in bottles and slapping different labels on it. Well, I know this company's not because <laughs> I have one of those wine apps. So I check on all of them. But I also know because I've done the, their uh, orders a few times that they are very different. Yeah, and they're then, really good. But then we moved to California and I joined like a wineries wine club. And now we don't need to talk about <clears throat> oh. how much money is spent every quarter on that wine. But it is delicious. Oh, uh, yeah. We're also members of a few of those up, you know, Napa. You're so close to Napa. I know. We're, we're we close to Paso. So we do a I lot know. of Paso. Trips. But I love the Paso wines. They're I the love their so Jamie. Okay, let's do a PSA for anybody who's not from California. If you're going to go to wine country, go to Paso Robles or Robles. It's pronounced either way. If you're white, it's Robles. If you're not, it's Robles. (laughs) And uh, it's incredible. There's a million great wineries. And they're famous for Zinfandel. That's their big one. They're really like, you guys didn't know tuning in today, you're going to get a wine tour. But uh, (laughs) they're really like jammy, deep, dark Red, yeah, and like yeah. Ooh, the Justin Cabernet mm-hmm. from Paso is like one of my favorite bottles of wine. You can get that anywhere. Costco has it everywhere, guys. So if you are, you know, got a hankering for some wine while you're listening to this podcast because we're having some wine, hit pause, run to Costco, get you some Justin Cabernet. It's really good. Look at us, sponsored by the California Wine Company <laughs> industry. <laughs> but the other one, I will say though, we so we yeah we live very close to Napa and Sonoma, 
we, because I am a member at this one winery, it's literally the only winery we go to because, mm. which we should expand our horizons. We should go up to that Disney one, the one. Yeah. yeah. A Silverado. We, right? Yeah. We yeah. need to go there. I, I think it's Silverado. I think it's Silverado. The Diane Disney one. Yeah. Diane Disney. Dana is going to look this up. While I say about this, we love the Louis Martin winery plug to them. Uh, if you're listening, please send us sponsorship dollars or free wine. Free wine works. Uh, anyway, we love them. Their wines are really good. They have like a cab that you can buy everywhere, but then you go there and you try their actual wines and they do this amazing food and wine pairing at their tastings that is free when you're a wine club member. So you get like a free one every quarter for like three people or something, Wow! which it's normally like a hundred dollars a person and the food, they have this chef that's incredible and the food's amazing. So anyway, if you're in Napa, go on up there. We'll do a whole episode on all of our wine favorites because we have a lot of them. And by the way, I was correct. It's Silverado. All right. that yeah. We do need to go. It's like, so good. But I, I think we'll save that for like you guys come up to the Bay. Totally. Then we'll all go to the Diane Disney Winery. Yes, we will. Is it appropriate to wear Mickey ears to the Silverado no, Winery? No, it's not. It's very not <laughs> Disney. It's not like Disneyified. But I think I said this on a podcast episode. They do have... One thing inside, or at least when we went 10 years ago, they had one Disney thing and it was the Ratatouille poster. And it was the original Ratatouille poster because he had a wine bottle or a wine glass in the poster. And Disney had to pull that back because they didn't want to show alcohol oh, in their posters. Please. So there's only one, I think, that's still in rotation. And they gave it to Diane Disney Miller for her winery. And so it's in well, the tasting room. Guys, this all just goes back to Northern California has a wealth of Disney there. You know, the actual, which we are going to take Noah now that we're allowed to go to this place now that we have a kid. So it's not creepy and they'll allow us in, but over by Lake Merritt in Oakland mm-hmm. is what was like the inspiration for Fantasyland? It's this children's theme park up there. Yes. My cousin, Sarah just took her kids and posted some photos. It's like very, Fairy tale like yeah, like, it's like fairy tale land or something is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, fairy tale garden, something something very cutesy and old. I had one called I think it was the Enchant Enchantment Gardens or something like that in Oregon when I was a kid, and it looked very similar. They have like the old woman in the shoe kind of stories mixed with a lot of like classic fairy tales. Yeah, it looked really cute. Like, but the fun thing there is. Uh, in which it's appropriate, you can't take... Oh, Children's Fairyland. That's what it's called. There it is. So adults cannot go there without a kid, and a kid cannot go without adult supervision. So it's kind of a neat... It, it looks really fun. So we're going to take Noah there at some point. But between that, the Disney Family Museum that we've talked about before, and now the winery, there's so much up there in Northern California. I had to look it up. Mine was called Enchanted Forest in, in Turner, Oregon. I have very weird memories of being like Oh my a god, we drove past this place. Yeah. When we drove to Seattle. It's like a it's like a weird Disney fever dream. Yeah. It, it's weird. Kurt we drove by and Kurt goes, that looks like a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty weird. <laughs> anyway. It, so wh- I don't know how we got on this topic, but here we are. <laughs> We're here. I am here, here in person. You go. Wait, yeah. no, we can't leave this. This is what I have a memory of. <laughs> I have to show it to you. There is a giant witch and you walk into her mouth and I think it's a maze inside her mouth. Nope. This is the enchanted forest. Hard pass. Hard pass. Yeah. It's so guys, it's a very creepy wooden witch with a big old long <laughs> nose and a bunch of warts on it. And you walk through her mouth and I think you go into a maze. 
That's what I remember as a four-year-old. I have not been back since. Honestly, might we, be drove, a reason why. we drove past it and all I thought was Action Park from New Jersey. Like I used to be an East Coaster and you always heard about Action Park. Wait, is this the one that's the water slide park? Yeah. Where they, they, they made a documentary. The documentary on it. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it was like you would just die if you yeah. were there. Like it was the documentary. If you haven't seen it, if you love, obviously you're listening to this, you love theme parks. If you're obsessed with theme parks like we are, go on. I think it's on Hulu. Or maybe Amazon. It's on one of them. Mm-hmm. And they did a documentary on Action Park in New Jersey. And it's insane. Like, it's just crazy the amount of injuries that would happen with there. The stuff they built. Guys, they built a water slide that was a 360 loop in the water slide. Yes. And they kept wondering why people were getting hurt on oh, this thing. You think? And it was open for people to use. I, wow. I don't know how this place operated. I don't know how they had insurance. Well, I will tell you, let's put a pin in this whole conversation yeah. about rides and attractions and, and injuries, because that might involve our vault Ooh. later this episode. All right. All right. Well, what are we actually here for? We are here to not just drink wine and talk about other things and wine. We are here to talk about Disney and yeah. And a few like injury lawsuits because we just like to sure. talk about that stuff. <laughs> nobody, you know nobody dies at Disney, right? Yeah, I do know that. Because they're pronounced dead the second they get off property. Yes, I do. Is that true or is that an urban legend? I think it's a little bit of an urban legend. Maybe. I mean, we did it sounds, see... It sounds nice. That's kind of what I think. I think that they can't control that. What do, what do we think happened with that woman? So, when we were... We didn't talk about this too much when we had our husbands on, but we were having... Lunch, dinner, at the lamplight lounge. Dinner at mm-hmm. the lamplight lounge, and yeah, we watched like some person getting carried off on a stretcher from on top of the well, yeah, uh, Incredicoaster. If you all listened to our podcast last week, you heard us talk about like we watched the Incredicoaster break down, and they uh, took everybody off of two different coasters. There was one that was up a little higher on a flat platform, and then there was one inside the like acceleration tube. Uh, and we watched everybody kind of take a, uh, what would you say? That was like a 20, 30 minute process. It seemed yeah, like for everybody to climb down. It was the faster than I thought, but then they, they then sent a bunch of like EMTs up into the tube and they were in there for quite a while. And then they came back down with a stretcher and a woman on the stretcher, but she was sitting upright. She was a, yeah. a, awake. And I don't conscious. know how they, I'm amazed that they could get them down the stairs and out of that thing. I mean, that's, it was insane. It was nuts. So was, that was our dinner show. We had dinner. All on the that show. to say, we still think you should go to Disney. <laughs> we think you will not get injured, but we like drama. So <laughs> let's dive into some mouse musings there. There's been a little bit of drama for the wealthy among us. Which is not Dana and I. Um, so, you know, you've been at the parks and you see the plaid vests where the guest services people, which shout out to the guest services people, as we talked about, they saved our rears on getting on the Spider-Man for the first time and helped us yes. out greatly. And thank you for that. But they also have another role. They are VIP tour guides. And we are talking like you got to shell out the cash. So the VIP program, they have it at Disney World and at Disneyland. Full disclosure, I got it like the VIP treatment for free at Disney World once. And it was when I was a we weren't cast members when we I worked for ABC for a long mm-hmm. time. for The oh, television right. network. 
We were employees Mm -hmm. of Disney, not cast members, because ABC was like, no, 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 you're going to be employees. Mm. You're not being cast members. And then actually one time, funny enough, they tried to change the hold music at ABC News to like Disney theme songs. Oh. And quickly it was switched to ABC News Radio because they're like, we can't have the ABC News Network playing It's a Small World on repeat when you put like, (laughs) you know, the president's press secretary on hold. So anyway, that's a long way of getting to you. Uh, I did get treated to a VIP tour at Disney World. This I did not know. Yeah. So we went down, we went down to Disney World for, it was when they did the year of a million dreams. Yeah. And if you've watched Good Morning America, you guys know that like GMA and does anytime Disney has an announcement with theme parks, it's a big whole half hour on Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. So this was the year of the million dreams and they had just opened up the Cinderella suite, um, the Cinderella yeah. dream suite inside her castle at Magic Kingdom. And so we had run this whole contest to pick the first family to stay in the suite. And it was really amazing. We had all these contest entries and we were reading through them all. And the family that won was a military family. Um, it was a, a blended family. And um, dad surprised the family with coming back early so they could go to Disney World together. And then we surprised them live on TV because it was Good Morning America and this is what you do, that they were going to stay in the Cinderella suite. Adam. Yeah, I know all of this. I know that footage because Were you I there? worked there <gasps> at that time. I now yeah, you would have. Yes, it was 2008 and they started it at the beginning of that year. Now, I wasn't there for that big razzle dazzle, but I was one of the people who had to do the character uh, like they brought every single character known to Disney yep. universe out for a photo with that family and I was, was in it. I I choreographed that entire photo. How did we never <laughs> talked about this? You guys, this is amazing. How what? have we never talked yeah. about this? Yeah, it was on the backside of the castle. Yep. That one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all yelled, Good morning, America. That, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was that was all my staging. So literally I said to the to the PR people at Disney World, I was like, we because at Good Morning America, they used to do this thing called the hello. And right, it was, I remember that. so it was always so um wow, we are we're tangenting here, but this is a fun story. <laughs> so um when good when I worked at Good Morning America, they released their new logo. Uh-huh. And so we had this whole plan to like make the logo pop up places and get a bunch of people together to yell, Good morning, America. So we had like a crop circle basically done of the logo in Kansas, and we had the USC marching band spell out the GMA logo at the Coliseum and we flew a helicopter over to get it. And that was really cool. So we did all kinds of fun stuff. So this became a thing, the GMA hello, where with different segments, you would have people go, yeah, good morning, America. Woo. Yeah. So I said this to the PR guy at Disney World and he was like, got it. So he literally gathered like every employee of Disney World and all the characters, all the characters you guys are up on the castle. Yeah, up at the top where like they do the castle show or all the characters and they had like everybody custodial attractions, everybody down the lower. We had our camera set up and it was a live shot. We had our camera set up uh, in front of the carousel 
Yeah. And we had this insane live shot. Of, we have to find this. It has to exist on the internet somewhere. Oh, it absolutely does. Of just everybody yelling, good morning, America. How insane is that? That that I was the producer on that. This and is, you were up there as the character. This is kind of blowing my mind. <laughs> because those two, those our worlds don't connect, except for our love for Disney, of those times in our lives. Right. Because like, we I, met years later at yeah, work. Yeah. Oh, my God. Weird. You guys, this is a breakthrough moment. This is pretty cool. I Forget the rest of the podcast. What else are we going to talk about? Let's right. keep going here. Nice no. talking with y'all, everyone. <laughs> but like, I, it was such a fun experience. So we, so this VIP tour guide gave um, Mike Bars, who was the weather anchor at the time. So he was mm-hmm. the one who went down to do it because they always made the weather anchor do the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And we spent a day with this VIP tour guide just driving us around all four of the parks. We rode every ride at every park in one day. Wow. With him. It was great. We had so much fun. And it was really, it was special. They picked me up at the airport, drove me straight there. Like, we stayed at, where did we stay? I think we stayed at the Grand Flow. Like, it was just, it Adam, was a great trip. did you feel like a VIP? I did feel like a VIP. Well, but I, I will say, they're very popular out here on at Disneyland, and I see them go around all the time. I've not been fortunate enough to be on one yet, on a VIP tour, but here in California, Disneyland... You will see a plaid, a dressed plaid person walking around every 15 minutes. Yeah. And if you take a quick glance at who they're walking with, nine out of 10 times, it's a celebrity. Because they're the only ones who can afford it. I know. Guys, okay, so the VIP program, <laughs> coming full circle here. Uh, at Disneyland, it's $425 an hour with a seven-hour minimum. So you can do the math. That's a lot of money. That's yeah. thousands of dollars you're paying to be ushered around now they plan everything out for you i i have some friends who got to do the disney world version of this at Mm -hmm. the magic kingdom just a couple months ago um if you're listening you know who you are but to disney world's credit and to the vip program's credit they understand you are shelling out so much money to go on this thing and Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of dollars so some very good friends of ours their family had decided to go in and buy this thing. And our friends got, I don't know if you guys remember in the news, the Southwest Airlines disaster of a few weekends ago where their computers went down. They canceled thousands of flights. Oh, right. Right. Mm -hmm. They were stuck in that mess. So they got to Orlando like halfway through the VIP tour day. (gasps) VIP tour came and picked them up at the airport. What? Got them to their hotel, dropped their stuff off and drove them backstage to meet their family in the Magic Kingdom. And got them on whatever they wanted to do the rest of the afternoon and just accommodated them. Like that's, that's I mean, that's what you're paying for, right? That's some pixie dust right yeah, there. That is. And I, I feel like that was even going above and beyond what yeah. they're paying for. Yeah. That's but, pretty incredible. So the drama, to get back to the drama about this. Mm-hmm. So Disney World announces, guess what? If you're on the VIP tour, you can go on Rise of the Resistance without going through the rigmarole of trying to get a boarding group. Like, we're just going to walk you on. So Makes sense. then people you're thought... You're paying that much money. Yeah, you should be able thousand. to get on the, like, elite rides. You should be able to do whatever you want to do. If you want to eat apples with Snow White in the Utilidors, you should be allowed to at this yeah. point, frankly, for the amount of money you're paying. Um, So, great. That gets announced. So then Disneyland sort of says... Or it's a rumor that, yes, same at Disneyland, too, right? And then Mm -hmm. Disney comes out and says, no, 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 this is just at Disney World. This is not a thing at Disneyland. We're not doing it as a thing at Disneyland. So then you can imagine these people paying 
thousands of dollars to be ushered around Disneyland and California Adventure are like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? I just paid you $7,000 for a full day. I want to ride Rise of the, Zis- Rise of the Resistance six yeah. times yeah. make that happen. And they're saying, no, you didn't get a boarding group. I don't know how you these poor cast members who are doing these VIP tours have to tell these people no. So apparently it has all now changed. And if you are willing to shell out a few thousand dollars, uh-huh. you can be guaranteed to ride Web Slingers and Rise of the Resistance. So Dana, next trip, I think we could pool our resources and maybe oh, sure. pay for a half an hour. Yeah, no, sure. I hold on. I need to run and get a lottery ticket real quick <laughs> because that's the only way I will ever be able to do a <laughs> VIP tour. But that's crazy. Yeah. It yeah. Just, so I, I can't imagine that they I, I figured that was always a thing. Like if you paid for the VIP tour, yeah. you should be able to ride whatever you want to ride, how many times you want to ride it. And frankly, whatever seat on the vehicle you want to sit in. Yeah. Like I want to ride the front row of Rock and Roller Coaster six times in a row. Great. Fine. Have a good time. But no, apparently not. Also, who would really want to do that? That would give you like a brain <laughs> hemorrhage if you rode Rock and Roller Coaster 60 times. Or I something. will admit when we were down there and on our little fun day of VIP tour that we, again, did not pay for as part of because we worked there. Uh, we did ride Rock and Roller Coaster three times in a row. Oh, why do I, you hate your brain? <laughs> and then I think we did Expedition Everest like four times in a row. Hey, speaking of rock and roller coaster, can I talk about something I saw on TikTok? Yeah. But somebody had posted a TikTok and I'm going to I wish I could remember their name and give them credit for this. But um, somebody said uh, the question that I asked Andrew last week, which is if you could make any ride or change any ride to be about a character that's not been represented in the parks, what would it be? And this person had said, and I think this is genius, you take out Aerosmith from Rock and Roller Coaster and you make it about Goofy and Max in a Goofy movie trying to get to the Powerline concert. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so great? That would be fun. And you can I listen mean, to that I Too I song, which slaps. You know that song still slaps. <laughs> I just want to be on a roller coaster listening to Eye to Eye. I do love Goofy's Fly School at DCA, though. Oh, why? I yeah. love it. And because I also love the the um, dino whirl or whatever it was called at Animal Kingdom that they've since gotten rid of. You hate your body. <laughs> you hate your mind and your body but and you want to hurt them. I am super. So Kurt and I were talking about like we have to go back to Disneyland Paris at some point soon mm-hmm. because their version of the rock and roller coaster Mm-hmm. is undergoing a massive overlay and refurb to become the Iron Man roller coaster there. Oh, At I their, know that. Yeah, that'll be kind of be the centerpiece of Paris's Avengers campus cool. over at Walt Disney Studios there, um, which, I mean, I could go on forever about Walt Disney Studios and what a mess that park is and mm-hmm. was the last time we were there, but now they're building Arendelle and they're building the Avengers campus there. Like, it'll be really cool. Sweet. But I think they, somewhere online, <clears throat> one of those websites just posted a ton of new uh, construction photos of the Iron Man coaster. Mm. So basically, they're keeping the rock and roller coaster track, and they're just making it this crazy Iron Man ride. That's inside. cool. So I'm expecting, That's like, flying cool. Iron Man all over the place, and yeah. God knows what. It'll be, it'll be cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, we want to go there. We want to stay at the new Marvel Hotel that they did. They used to be the Hotel New York. Yeah, it looks amazing. Um, So anyway, VIPs. (laughs) Sure. Wow. Hey, they get get what they get. You know, 
here's the thing. Do you think VIPs get free food and drink? No. No, they don't. Not of course they discount. don't. But uh, I am excited. There is a new drink offering. Okay. <clears throat> At. Is this more news? This is more news. More news. We'll change. We'll change subjects here. There are more beverages being offered uh-huh. at DCA and Disneyland. Oh, okay. It's very tasty. Okay. It's very hydrating. And it's probably $6 a bottle. I don't know what the price is. But so. Is it LaCroix? It is not LaCroix. That oh. would be genius. You know, they could probably sell like $10 a can of LaCroix at Disneyland and get away for it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're spending. Did you notice that bottles of water are now up to four fifty, and they're not just $4 anymore? <gasps> No. Yeah, they snuck a little extra 50 cents up for a bottle of water. So, Listeners, listen to our tip here. Bring your own reusable water bottle with you. They have a bunch of refilling stations all around both Disneyland and California Adventure. And actually, pro tip, I learned this last trip over in Adventureland. When Uh you come into Adventureland and, like, basically that weird little area... Um, between the entrances to Frontierland and Adventureland, yeah, they have a water bottle refill station. There. Yeah, it's right by the bathrooms. Yeah, yeah, I had not seen that until now. They also have one over by the bathrooms in Galaxy's Edge. That's super cool and looks, you know, authentic to yeah. that See, galaxy. But you can do this in California. In Florida, you do not want to refill those bottles of water because that water tastes like sulfur trash. Yeah. It's not good. Florida water. But if you're going to Florida, you can always walk up. And this is also with California. You can walk up to any quick service and ask for a cup of water. They'll give you a free cup of water. That's true. And the Starbucks used to be a good place to refill your bottles pre-COVID because they would have the giant Mm -hmm. thing of water at Starbucks. But I don't think they have it anymore. But anyway, water is what I'm getting to. Expensive water. There is now more expensive water at Disneyland. Oh, so no. you know those like smart water bottles that are the flavors that you see at like the airport or the convenience store or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're now at Disneyland. So you can get mint watermelon. You can get uh, cucumber line. And if you're feeling very dehydrated and like you think this marketing ploy by smart water to upcharge their water to yes. get the alkaline plus water, you can get that now too. Uh, at Disneyland. Now, I'm excited because I love flavored water. My husband and I have a complete obsession with flavored sparkling waters. Like, uh-huh. probably drink an unhealthy amount of it, and we're going to have something wrong with us in, like, 30 years. But, uh, like, we go to Costco and buy three cases of the Kirkland sparkling water, and we go through it in, like, <laughs> a week and a half. Not healthy. Um, So. <laughs> you guys need a soda stream. You know, we tried it. We mm-hmm. had one in New York, but maybe it was because we lived in New York and the only place you could go get the refills was at Bed Bath & Beyond in, on the Upper West Side. Oh. And it was a nightmare to go there every time because it's New York and everything retail is a nightmare. Um, so we stopped. Mm-hmm. So we have a soda stream sitting in storage. We just don't use it. Yeah. Um, but so Disneyland, new flavored waters. God knows how much they're going to cost. But I am still waiting on them because at Disney World, they have Dasani sparkling water bottles down there, which like sometimes when you're just walking around that park, you don't want a Coke, you don't want a Diet Coke, you don't want a Sprite, but you want a little bubbly. Okay. It's that sparkling water. It's a sparkling water. It hits the spot. Maybe it's just me. It is just you. The sparkling water is, but I'm not a soda drinker, so I will pick a, I'll pick regular water before I'll pick sparkling water, but I do like a LaCroix. Um, but I'm sorry, this news bit is all on you, my friend. It does not excite me in the slightest. So I'm excited about spending more money on water, but also to talk about uh, spending more wa- more money on useless things. 
Can we talk about, so we're at Disneyland, we're walking around, and we're in some of the, like, the men's clothing areas at the stores. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're selling so much underwear. Like, I do not get this. <laughs> they are selling boxers, and it's become, like, a thing now. Really? Like, spirit jerseys are a thing. Ears are a thing. Apparently now men's I blame boxers. Ellen. I blame Ellen. Ellen made boxers cool again. Like, what? I mean, I... I just don't get it. Like, you're, why are you going to buy $25 boxers from Disneyland with Mickey all over it for just you to enjoy? I think you should buy a pair and tell us if they're worth it. And I say this because this is a little bit of a tangent, but Ryan, one time, we, we go to Vegas quite often because we live in L.A. and it's quite close. And one time, a few years ago, he forgot to pack underwear. <laughs> and Vegas is also just a giant shopping mall. So yeah, we you can went go anywhere. Yeah, we went to the Planet Hollywood Shopping Center uh, looking for boxers. He's a boxers guy. There were no boxers at H&M. There were no boxers at uh, Ryan, any store. Ryan, buddy, you got to get into the boxer brief thing. He wouldn't. He can't do it. He He's like, <laughs> no, you can't. Teach a dog, what's the phrase? You can't teach, teach an old, old dog, dog new tricks. tricks. This is Ryan for underwear. I'm telling you, Lululemon's boxer briefs are, they last forever. They're expensive, but they will last you for years. Well, and they're the most comfortable. Well, I'm about to tell you, that was my dog farting. Um, well, I'm about to tell you what he ended up doing. However, his sister works for Lululemon, so noted. Um, but... No, uh, we went into the only store that sold classic boxers. And what was that store? Tommy Bahamas. <laughs> and how expensive were those boxers? $30 a pair. Oh, my God. Please tell had... me he still has them. Oh, does he have them? They have special like, occasion boxers? He has like six pairs of Tommy Bahamas because they have become the most comfortable <laughs> boxer. And yes, they do all have some weird Hawaiian print on each of them that's very obnoxious and very different. And he loves them. And he walks around being like, gotta have my Tommy Bahamas. <laughs> He's an old man. My my husband's Ryan, an old man. Ryan, Ryan, we gotta, we gotta. You gotta work on your underwear game, buddy. Um, <laughs> no, so apparently Disney boxers are a thing and becoming a more of a thing. They keep releasing like new designs. You can get your haunted mansion boxers, your whatever boxers. Like, I, I don't get it. I like. I, I also don't get the like the the leggings that they sell. Like they look like the Lularoe leggings. There's I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's. I'm okay with us pulling back a little bit on the active wear and underwear <laughs> and just like just maybe a little less Disney clothing. I'm okay. I'm okay no. with that. Yes. No. I don't. I, I like my classic T-shirt well, yeah, the or jacket right. or anything like that. But I don't. I need am to... getting into the new button downs they're doing. The short sleeve button downs. With yeah, like those the are prints. Cute. I kind of like those. And I I I'm really like I might be turning into full dad because I bought the Nike Mickey hat. You did. Now I want some of the Nike Mickey golf polos. Ooh. Are you I gonna know. wear them with the hat? Yeah. I'm gonna go full on dad mode. Oh bless. Oh, I know. That's happened. It looks really comfortable, especially in Florida. You know what else is comfortable? What? Tommy Bahama boxes. <laughs> Highly was recommend. That, was that at the Tommy Bahama at Caesar's Palace? No, it was at the Planet Hollywood. There was a, oh, there was a Tommy there's Bahama. There's one in like there. every hotel, but of like because it's Vegas and it's Tommy Bahama. Of course. We were also the only shoppers in there. And All right. We, he's a convert. He can't understand. not have Tommy Bahama underwear now. Can we another quick tangent and then I'll stop talking? That Vegas, these stores, who shops at these? Because I was there 
when I was in Vegas for work and we suddenly got tickets to go see JLo, which was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in person. Um, but I needed something to wear. And so mm-hmm. I went to the Gap because sure. Uh, but I went to the Gap at Caesars Palace. I was the only person in there. And I hope <laughs> this nobody from Gap should be listening to this. So we've name dropped every <laughs> single brand, by the way. Somebody sponsor us, please. <laughs> so I go in there and I'm like, oh, these are cute. That's cute. I'll get that. I'll get that. Next thing <laughs> I know, I've got a stack of clothes. And I'm like, oh, I really did not mean to come to Vegas and buy a whole new wardrobe from Gap. But they had all these sales and everything else going on. So I was like, screw it. I'm here. I'll buy it. I'll take it all back with me. So the woman, I don't know if she was trying to flirt with me or what was happening, but the woman checking me out, uh-huh. checking me out. She uh, <laughs> she would scan one piece of clothing, uh-huh. take the security tag off, put it in the bag, take another piece of clothing, skip scanning it, take the security tag off, put it in the bag. And like, alternate it. So I literally walked out of there with like, <gasps> buy one, get one. And she just winked at me as she was doing it. <laughs> like, she was probably like on her last shift and was like, oh, I'm so done with this place. Wow, look yeah, at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you if you want a good sale, the Caesars Palace Gap. So uh, how'd it work out? Did you get her number? You take her out on a date? <laughs> yeah, she came to JLo. Sorry, babe. <laughs> Sorry, Kurt. No, uh, did not. But I did enjoy the 50% unintentional 50% discount. Anyway, uh, so again, a long way to get to. <laughs> See, so guys, tan- this is why it's probably not. It's probably a good thing that we're not in person together yeah. all the time. Because this is going to be a two-hour show. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, long way around to Disneyland is selling boxers. If it's your thing, go get them. Um, guys, if your lady friend is loves some Disney and is listening to this, or ladies, if you're a man friend, or guys, if you're a guy friend, like whatever, whoever, if you think they like the boxers, you want to surprise them with a little, like, you know, nice romantic night, and then boom, Haunted Mansion boxers. Have at it. Disneyland's your wow. your place. Wow, wow, wow. Um, okay, so one more bit of news. Okay. Which, oh gosh, Dana, we really screwed up the timing of our trip to Disneyland. Well, yes and no. We missed, yeah, we missed one two, of my favorite things. We missed two. Well, yeah, two. We missed two big two. rides. And, and they're, they're two of my favorites. Our dog. <laughs> By the way. We're together in a very small studio room. That's my husband's room. This is another tangent. There is a third person in the room with us, and that is my dog, Marla Pooch. (laughs) And she's very relaxed, sleeping at our feet. And she is giving some gas leaks over here. So um, the wine helps. The wine. The wine helps us right now, but we are getting um, fumigated. Um. So so we missed two things. We missed the Matterhorn. Which I love because we've we have now figured out in this episode that I love rattling my bones on roller coasters. Uh huh. You hate your body. Yes. I hate my body. Love roller coasters. Um. <clears throat> so Matterhorn is now since reopened, but that's not what we want to talk about. We want to talk about the world famous Jungle Cruise. Aww, the Jungle Cruise. <sighs> I'm really bummed. Like that really tugged in my heart when we walked by it. Multiple times on our trip, and it was just barricaded off. Yeah. It was sad. But But, it's open now, so I guess... Well, and they just did a whole re... I guess they called it a whole refurb. It seemed like a light... Plussing? Yeah, light plussing plussing would be appropriate. Should I forget my meeting tomorrow? Let's just go down to Disneyland. Okay. Okay, fine. Sorry, work. Um, (laughs) No, I'm kidding, if you're listening. Uh, So... 
they did a light refurb, a plusing of uh-huh. uh, the Jungle Cruise. And so we have not been on it, but we have watched some of the ride-throughs of it that other vloggers who are obsessed. It just opened a couple of days ago. But yeah, yeah we just watched a YouTube video so we could get a sense of what it looked like. And it's really cute. I mean... It was already cute to begin yeah. with, and it's so classic, it's and not... you can feel Walt's presence on those types of rides, so it's it's really sweet. But I liked what they added. Yeah, it's not it's not that different. Um, right, it's slight changes except the beginning, which I kind of love. So if you've if you've been on Jungle Cruise at both Disneyland and Disney World, you know there is one huge glaring difference between the two, and that's at Disney World. It ends with going through the um, Cambodian shrine mm-hmm. and like you enter and they turn the light on and there's like the tiger and it's creepy and fun right you didn't have that at Disneyland no. so now spoiler alert so skip ahead a little bit if you don't want to hear you start off and you're going through they've basically built an outdoor version of the indoor Cambodia shrine in yep. Florida they've built the outdoor version now at Disneyland, which is kind of cool. Like, it looked cool with the tiger was there and the You know why snake. I think they did that? Why? Because you can see that section of the ride in line, in that front half of the line for Indiana Jones. And it looks very similar to the same aesthetic as Indiana Jones. Yeah. 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 I could see that. And the you pointed out there's this giant, like, head, monkey mm-hmm. head thing. Yeah. That Dana, looks like, thought, is it yeah. the Mara head, or whatever that... Whatever the giant head is in Indiana Jones, they yeah. look very similar. Yeah. So, I mean, I loved when they used to make jokes about the people in line at Indiana Jones as you would go through <laughs> yeah. there in Jungle Cruise. So maybe that's out now. But uh, it it looked really cool. Some some cute little additions, like the sunken boat was cute. I don't know. There's a lot more apes taking over. There was like yeah, baboons like the and gorillas and monkeys, and it just seemed like. In every scene, they're kind of taking over. And they did that before, but they're doing it even more now. And I thought that was cute. Yeah, I didn't notice much different with the skipper and their yeah. jokes and routines. That didn't feel very different. At least, again, full disclosure, we watched it on a video, so we weren't there experiencing it in person. But I did, I was very thankful and I breathed a very deep sigh of relief when... The backside of water. O2H, O2H. That joke is still still there. So don't worry. That joke is still there. I was very concerned. Rides (laughs) or falls. Special place in the heart. Um, But yeah, it was cute. It was cute. Uh, Just, uh, yeah, an addition of a lot of monkeys, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Eh. Oh, and Trader Sam's at the end. That was the big thing that they were talking about. Trader Sam's now is like like a, a hut that you see. <laughs> He's and been replaced by a gift shop. Again, more monkeys and various animal, jungly animals are it's cute. wreaking havoc. It's cute. And I get they're playing on the idea that you end a ride and you go into the gift shop because there is no gift shop at the end of the Jungle Cruise. So yep. Now they're kind of making fun of it with the Trader Sam's gift shop. But it's cute. It's cute. I can't wait to do it. I, I'm excited to see it in person and see how the changes yeah. in person. So anyway, that that was very was supposed to be a short mouse musing, but <laughs> when you find out our paths crossed I decades mean, ago and we had no idea. And now that we have shared the very public knowledge now that my husband wears Tommy Bahama <laughs> underwear, you have to take a minute and really appreciate those moments. You do. You do. I am gonna I actually think I have an old beta tape. 
Uh-huh. Uh, because this is back, guys. This is when TV still was shot on beta. I think I have a beta tape at my parents' house of that episode of GMA. We had it, it at in the cast member section. Like they had some of the VHSs there, and I remember watching it I think like months later. We have to find this. It's a new mission. We yeah. have to find this. The photo exists. I, I have friends at GMA still. They could pull the archives of it. Ooh. There you go. Don't tell me. People, we will find this. And when we do, it will go up. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, well, great. I guess it's, we haven't done this in a while. I guess it's time for the vault. Do we do, do we a do the deep vault voice? NPR? NPR vault voice. Deep dive oh, into yes. the history. Our vault voice. Yeah. Adam, are you ready to I'm dive ready. into the I'm ready. I've, got, my, I've got a little wine left, so I'm ready to sit back, relax, and listen to the story. Well, good. Okay. <laughs> well... I have four pages of notes that I put together. I should probably refill this glass of wine for the four <laughs> pages of notes. No, I was excited. We haven't done a vault in a while. I miss the vault. I think it's personally one of my favorite things to research. I it's fun. I like to research. And I also like to talk about like old Disney history. And so today we're actually going to talk mostly about a ride that exists on both East and West Coast. But the history really lies within the East Coast. And the story I'm about to tell you is the history. Give me one more clue. Let me oh. try to guess. Oh, gosh. And we haven't talked about this one yet. We have not talked about this ride. And it is one that you were disappointed you did not get to ride when we just were at Disneyland. <sighs> disappointed I didn't get to ride when we were just at Disneyland. We ran out of time. Ran out of time. The line was too long. Disneyland or? Land. Indiana Jones? No. Oh, we already talked about Indiana Jones, didn't we? Yep. Ooh, ran out of time. Didn't get to Big Thunder? No, but it's another mountain. Space Mountain. Space Mountain. So I'm going to give you the history of Space Mountain. Well, I thought this was really interesting. I, I learned a lot today about this ride. So... The beginning of Space Mountain actually started with Walt Disney himself out here in Anaheim. So in the early 60s, when everybody was pretty obsessed with the space race and talking all about, you know, space and everything, Walt was too. And he was marveling at how astronauts were being hurled out of, into space and returning to Earth through the Mercury, Mercury and Gemini space programs, which I guess were a really big deal in the 60s. And he did a bunch of his sunday night pieces on space and that was a big reason why he wanted to create tomorrowland was to celebrate you know the future but also celebrate space and so in 1965 he assigned an imagineer named john hench to create a quote journey through space thrill ride now it is 1965 i know our dog is farting somewhere (laughs) 1965 and um just a few years prior the Matterhorn had opened so they already knew that they could make a tube like a steel tube ride which worked really well for the Matterhorn so they wanted to do something like that with the space idea so this Imagineer John Hench he came up with this idea of an all indoor steel tube roller coaster with four different tracks the Matterhorn now has two different tracks so he wait are there four tracks on the Space Mountain well, there aren't because of budget cuts uh, okay. you're about all to right, hear. Right. But but that was his ambitious plans. But then in 1966, we probably all are aware that was the year that Walt Disney died. And they shelved this particular project. 
So now I'm taking you over to the East Coast and it, Disney World opened in 1971, the Magic Kingdom. And it went extremely well. The press loved Disney World, but there was one big complaint and the complaint was Tomorrowland. So at the time, they only had two rides in Tomorrowland. It was the Skyway aerial trams and the Speedway, the motorized cars. So Imagineers were like, okay, we've got to put a thrill ride over here. They went back to the shelf and found the old blueprints to the indoor roller coaster and decided that they were going to create that. At the time, it was called Spaceport, or they also sometimes called it the Space Voyage. So in late December of 1972, they began construction on the ride and they changed the name officially to Space Mountain. For, you know, placing this ride in the Magic Kingdom, I'm sure you can imagine it's kind of further back than the one at Disneyland. And that was for a reason. The Imagineers wanted to make sure this was as far away from Cinderella's castle as possible so that it didn't pull focus from the castle itself. Does it at Disneyland? It's closer, but you can't see it as much because there's more buildings in the way. But anyhow, they kept it so far out that they had to... Um, make it beyond the limits of the Magic Kingdom. And that's why, if you notice, the train tracks for the Disney train um, are ahead of the actual ride. So let's talk about the structure of the building. You know, you know what every you know what every space mountain looks like, and it's it's kind of large, white, and kind of comes yeah. to a point. It's very dome-like. So I I want the I want the giant co- cookie jar. I know I do. Kurt too. won't let me get it. They really also make it, it as a coffee mug. I know. It, I, want, I don't know how you can actually like drink out of that thing, but like I don't know. I want it. I don't know. Yeah, I know. So the design is actually pretty unique as well. Space Mountain was basically made as like an inside-out building. There are four large structural beams and a platform that were first created to kind of be the ride structure. And then on the outside, they put like a ring of columns to add these structural beams. So you can picture it. There's like those long beams. There are actually 72 long beams that are that weigh 74 tons. What? And they're 117 feet long. And the reason that they're on the outside of the building is because they didn't want those structural beams to be on the inside because on the inside they project those galactic yeah, stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they needed to have a smooth surface on the inside. So that's why the structure looks like it does. I still love the structure though. I know, it's so unique. Um oh, and in case you're curious, Space Mountain stands 180 feet or I'm sorry, 183 feet tall. Pretty tall. Thing, <laughs> things like things you never thought you needed to know. Yeah, well, now you but know. But now you know. And now it's like, I'm going to be that guy when I'm at Disney World and be like, did you know? It's 183, 183 feet, feet tall. And those are steel beams on the outside. Okay. So you know that the track has two <sighs> two lanes um, and they are mirror images of each other. They're called the Alpha and the Omega. Originally, Imagineers wanted to make the four tracks like we were just talking about, but because of budget cuts, they had to pull it back to two um there also when they first started before the ride officially opened they had like strobe lights inside and like a bunch of like crazy loud noises and the imagineers were like this is too much it's too distracting and we need this to be an appropriate ride for all ages and this feels like we're gonna give somebody like like hemorrhage their brain from all the strobe well, lights. like epileptic shock or yeah. something right yeah, yeah. 
Um, I thought this was really sweet. They wanted to make sure that it was a, a ride that was appropriate for all ages. So they sent Roy Disney's widow, who was 83 years old at the time, out to ride the ride. And she loved it. <laughs> so I thought that was cute. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Disney. You are 83 years old. <laughs> We're going to put you on a roller coaster. You're going to be a guinea pig for us. Let's hope this goes well. And if not, well, I got a story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so you know that the ride vehicles are shaped like rockets. And fun fact, do you have any idea how long the ride of Space Mountain is? I would say only like three minutes. You're very close. It's two and a half. Wow. Yeah. It's is not it the that same long. at both yep. parks? Yep, it is. Um, so it's, you know, two and a half minute long ride. It takes you through, quote, outer space. You hear galactic music playing. Stars are projected on the building walls. Um, and although the ride feels like you're going really fast, the top speed of the vehicle only ever tops out at 28 miles per hour. So that's what I'm fascinated about, because the idea that like you're you're on this ride mm -hmm. and it feels like you are zooming around in that thing. Yeah. But then kind of <clears throat> the other week, what Andrew talked about. Yeah. That you're kind of just tooting along in this thing and you realize that if the lights are on. Yeah, it's underwhelming when the lights are on. <laughs> well, here's something else I learned. It is the slowest, like, mountain ride at the Disney parks. Big Thunder tops out at 30 miles per hour, and Splash Mountain's descent can reach up to 40 miles per hour. Wow. So there you go. Space Mountain's only 28. I wonder what, though, the... And maybe you're going to get to this, so tell me to be quiet, but the Disneyland Paris Space yeah. Mountain. hang tight on okay. that thought, because right, I was right. going to bring that up. Um, so let's talk about opening day. Uh, Space Mountain officially opened on January 15th, 1975, and it was a spectacle. They had all the characters, Mickey, Goofy, Donald. They were dressed in space astronaut gear. Uh, they had a huge celebration. Fireworks went off. They had uh, 50,000 balloons released and then immediately following a flurry of white doves. <laughs> White uh, doves? White doves. Why? Was this a wedding? Like, Apparently. <laughs> I guess because it's a white building. I don't know. Keeping sure. with the color palette. Um, they had 2,000 musicians line the people mover track on the inside of the ride of Space Mountain and play music. I don't know what music, but they played music, which is it, it had to have been like deafeningly loud. Oh, I'm to sure. To be inside there with 2,000 musicians. Um, they invited all of the sponsors. It wasn't just RCA. They had a lot of other sponsors because the 10 million couldn't get them quite to the budget that they <laughs> needed. Um, the the ride actually at Space Mountain cost them $23 million wow. to make in 1975. Um, and they also, I think the biggest news was that they had astronauts Gordon Cooper, Scott Carpenter, and Jim Irwin there who took the very first ride on Space Mountain. Well, that's cool. So initial reactions of the ride, it was obviously well received. It was very well publicized. Like they sent a lot of reporters out to report about this, uh, but it didn't. But it didn't go so well for guests who didn't like they just heard about Space Mountain. They didn't know what it was really about because the Imagineers decided they wanted to be tight lipped that it was a roller coaster. They didn't want to use the word oh. roller coaster. They wanted it to sound like it was this, you know, high speed, turbulent experience, but they didn't want to say straight up it's a roller coaster. 
So imagine that a lot of people were shocked when they wrote this and it was completely in the dark. So they've lost one of their major senses and it's taking these really sharp turns that people were getting really injured within the first couple of weeks. <laughs> of course so were. in the first week, a 67 year old woman broke a bone in her what? spine. Yeah. And then she claimed that she thought it was going to be an easy, slow moving ride through like images of galaxies um, so she, I think probably had a lawsuit on her, on their hands. Disney did, but they, uh, ended up deciding like, okay, let's put in some like warning guest language. So they just had a narrator say things like, this is a thrill ride with high speed turbulence. They still wouldn't call it a roller coaster. It didn't really help because. I don't think they even now call it a roller coaster. Do they? It's it's a very light language. This is your assignment, everyone listening. Next time you ride Space Mountain, see if you see the word roller coaster anywhere. Huh. Um, I don't remember them saying it. I do, I do recall them saying like high-speed turbulence. Um, but people kept getting injured on this ride. So after the 67-year-old woman there, it came out in droves a bunch of people getting really hurt on this ride within the first months. Um <laughs> Disney ended up claiming that they've added the words roller coaster to some signs at, in the front of the line. They even had an astronaut narrate this to say, like, beware, this can be quite turbulent. But that really didn't help them at all. Five weeks into the ride being open, um, a computer failure caused one rocket vehicle to crash into another and then another. So it was like no. a four rocket pileup. <laughs> 41 people were injured. I shouldn't laugh that people were injured, but I I don't know why I find it funny, but it's fine. 41 people were injured, and the ride was closed down for eight days after that one. It's kind of like, you know what that sounds like when when they opened the Skyliner at Disney World? Oh, yeah. Those and they were the like, they were crashing that... into each other. Yeah. 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 I know somebody got Disney stuck in there. Disney work on the spacing. I know. Really. Well, it was 1975. And what I also learned was this is the first roller coaster to use computers to operate the entire ride, which is really cool. Um, they use computer systems to weigh the ride. So fun fact, when you hop into a ride vehicle, and this is like every ride vehicle now at this point. Um, it weighs the entirety of that vehicle so they know how fast they can actually send the co the, the vehicle down the coaster. So um, so within four months, the injury list was growing significantly <laughs> and with a num with the number one injury being spinal fractures. Uh, that's not good for business. Nope, 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 nope. Um, so Disney went through the ride and modified it significantly. They added more padding to the seats. They raised the um, seat backs and they added handrails and they made tighter seat belts. Um, they added more warning signs as well throughout the ride. And biggest of all, they took out some of the really sharp turns in. They changed what they call feathering, where they kind of soften the turn and make it more of a curve. So the track um, can't it can't the G force of the track can't be as significant. So I want to know how intense this ride was back. in. I want to ride it in that version. Yeah, you would since you yeah. like Goofy's yeah, yeah, flight yeah. school. <laughs> um, so all in all. These changes helped, you know, significantly with the with Space Mountain. But by the end of its first year, Space Mountain had a total of three hundred and thirty three guests who had reported injuries or illnesses from the ride. <laughs> so just to give you any context, <laughs> like 
That's like it really, really shouldn't be funny that 333 people are injured on a ride within a year. Within one year. So just to give you any context, Space Mountain averages about 40 injuries a year for these 7 million riders that go on it. 40 versus 333 in its first year. year. Uh, But that's the beginning of Space Mountain. I have a couple of fun facts for you as well about the ride. We all know that they have a Disneyland version, and it opened two years later on May 27th, 1977. Which one do you like better? I like the Disneyland one. See, I like the Disney World one because it's like the sled like Matterhorn. Yeah, you like the toboggan style. Yeah, I like the toboggan style. And I used to like the exit when it was that giant moving walkway, and now it's just carpeted and you have to actually use your legs and walk. Yeah, but I learned I a little bit. that moving walkway thing. I know. They took out the moving walkway at the Disney World one. I did learn also that the um, like dioramas that you pass by, they've kind of shifted in years. It used to be kind of made all by RCA, which was the sponsor. It was supposed to be the like futuristic world rooms that if you lived mm-hmm. on another planet. And they still kind of always have stayed some semblance of that. In 1993, RCA pulled out, and I believe it was FedEx yeah. that came in, and they that. changed it to be like about futuristic mailings. <laughs> it was like you can ship your package anywhere in the galaxy, all the way to Mars, and that didn't last very long. And then I think the early 2000s. It, now the ride is not sponsored by anyone, and they just make some kind of generic spaceship backdrops now. And no, they there's still out- some settings. There's like one setting. Like the last one, the big future, like living room or something. Yeah. 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 But now it's also like, here's what a Land Rover would look, or a Rover would look like on a piece of the moon. And then let's see what else can I tell you. Disneyland in 2003 closed the ride for two and a half years so that it could be refurbished it a whole refurb which is why i like it better because they changed the steel tubing they made it a little bit more dark in there and they changed the ride vehicle um and this was all for disneyland's 50th anniversary and neil armstrong came out to dedicate the ride Hmm. um my last little bit which is what you were starting to talk about was that space mountain at the magic kingdom was so popular that it now exists in four other parks disneyland Hong Kong, Tokyo, um, are all all have very similar, you know, uh, Space Mountains. It's the Disneyland Paris mm-hmm. one that everybody talks about, which was kind of a Jules Verne inspired version that has. It wasn't a bunch- kind of. It is like I'll post a photo from when Kurt and I went. Uh-huh. It is beautiful, like just beautiful. Like I I can't get over how beautiful it was. I also watched a YouTube video of it because I just needed to know. And it's really impressive. But it it's also just like Rock and Roller Coaster or Incredicoasters. It starts off with that rocket you out real well, fast. Well, kind of. It like So you, you get in, you know it's not your normal Space Mountain because they put a heart, you have to put the over-the-shoulder harness on you. Yeah, it looks like the and Rock and Roller Coaster it kind of makes style. its way out. And you go up the tube and you're out at, at an incline in this tube. And it's... The I, the original idea behind this was that you were being blasted off to the moon in this Jules Verne version of this. And the thing would open up to the outside, like the, the yeah. tube would open and you get like shot off 
into the ride and it goes upside down and does all this other stuff that none of the other um, versions do. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know what they, what is wrong with them, but they've like overlaid it as hyperspace mountain and they've kept it. You know when they did oh, that for Star Wars a few yeah. years ago at all the parks? Yeah. They've left it like that at Disneyland Paris. So now it's a super weird like Jules Verne meets hyperspace mountain oh. weird. But like there is, we could actually do a whole deep dive on the Space Mountain at Disneyland Paris and like the original plans for it. Like it was going to be like this crazy whole thing you walked around in and like had all this other stuff in it. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should. Yeah. Or we should just go. We could just we go, go to, to Paris. Disneyland it's fine. Paris. We, we've already decided like we need to go ride the new Air Iron Man ride. We need yep. to see Arendelle when that opens oh, and stay at the new hotel. Yes. I want to do all of it. All right. Off to Disneyland Paris. Let's book it. Well, there you have it. They're That's... letting Americans in. So let's go. <laughs> Well, there you have it. That is the story of Space Mountain. Oh, I should also say, I feel like I want to give credit where credit is due. I got a lot of this information from a book called Reality Land by David Koenig, and um, it's great. It goes into a lot more detail about some of the other mishaps with not just Space Mountain, but a lot of the rides. (laughs) Uh, But I found just the opening really interesting and fun. And you can go on YouTube and see a lot of the doves being released and the birds or the, and the balloons and Mickey in his ridiculous astronaut uniform. I love it. it. Well, everybody that was fun. We're in person. I'm going to be sad to like, we have to do this over zoom next time. I know this was so fun. Uh, And we learned something new. Crazy. I'm still can't get over it. Like that. We, you were there and I was producing it. Like, this is going to be a thing that I'm not going to be able to get over. I thought you were talking about Ryan's Tommy Bahamas. Or that too. Ryan. Buddy. He's going to be so embarrassed when he hears this. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Ryan. <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, that thanks for listening. Yeah. Another great week. Uh, we'll be back at it next week with even more fun. Maybe a little another interview. Yeah, we got some more plans up our sleeves. Our sleeveless sleeves. So, so. yeah, thanks for listening and uh, have a great week. Bye, everyone. Bye.